Hello and welcome back to another episode of How Seymour Sees It, a fantasy football podcast. I am Ron Seymour, joined today by Joe McCann and Ryan Warner. What's up, boys? How you feeling this morning, Ron? Tired. How's it going? <laughs> Just woke up about half hour ago. It's pretty nice. We'll make our way through this. Oh, yeah. Today we are going to be doing the AFC South, not the West, as some of us thought we were doing and did all of our work on, someone being me. Tonight. Excellent host. Um, we are doing the AFC South. The Houston Texans won the division at 10-6, and six, followed by the Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, and Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we'll start with a little bit of news, not much. Um, New England Patriots signed Lamar Miller, and the very next day put him on the pup list. In typical Bill Belichick fashion. Yes. Bunch of cheaters. <laughs> right, Ryan? Listen, just bending the rules a little bit. Just oh, bend. <laughs> <laughs> Bending them like that spoon in the Matrix. <laughs> just going into the fine print, that's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he even comes out and is like, yeah, that rule shouldn't be there, but I'm going to use it because it's there. I'm telling yep. you guys, just wait for it. We're going to see Lamar Miller when playoff time rolls around. Yeah. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, and then other news that doesn't really affect anything. George Kittle and Travis Kelsey signed mega deals. Kittle's now the highest paid tight end in the league, which I'm happy about because now it's not Austin Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> because that was ridiculous. An insane notion. Yes. Yeah, unacceptable. All right, we'll roll right into this. We got the Houston Texans at 10-6. and six. Notable players for fantasy, Deshaun Watson, uh, David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and I think they have like 37 other wide receivers there because... Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills. Yeah, because they brought in just about everyone they possibly could because they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. So they're like, we need more bodies because we lost one person. Unfortunately, Bill O'Brien thinks... Addition by subtraction is in play here, but when you lose someone of his... He must have wagers on the Cardinals this year, I'm telling you. Probably. Yeah. He's probably like, Cardinals are going to be good. Watch. Or he's <laughs> volleying for an assistant position job there next year. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to get a ring staying here. But I could send my guy there and then have him on the offense. Yeah. I'm just well, surprised that... the rest of the lead wasn't like, wait a minute. Absolutely not. Yeah, collusion. <laughs> collusion. <laughs> Cancel the trade. We have a better offer for you. <laughs> you know, I, I listened to a few podcasts, and one of them, they're like, there needs to be, like, a, a text chain between all these GMs. Yeah. So someone would be like, hey, this person's on the block, and other people, you know, could see what everyone else is offering, and they could be like, wait a minute. That's all you want? We can do that. <laughs> All you want is a bag of crap and then yeah. often injured running back? Red, the Redskins could be like, look, we got Adrian Peterson here. Like, we'll give you him far less contract. Like, <laughs> we'll give you him in a second for DeAndre Hopkins. Let's go. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll send you Darius Geis in the seventh. Yeah, we'll send you Darius Geis. <laughs> no, no, don't worry about those news reports. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, got an interesting stat considering he's now 
left the Texans. That's going to open up 150 new targets for Deshaun Watson to throw around this field, which will give a little bit of fantasy relevance, hopefully, to one of these receivers. You know who I think is going to have a really good year and everyone is super down on him? Brandon Cooks. That dude is a baller. Well, Ryan, actually, you saw that his ADP was going between the 7th and the 8th round. Yeah, like a late 7th, early 8th pick for, you know, Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. That's kind of where they're falling right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that'd be worth it. Will Fuller, I he's a really good player, but he is glass. He is, but if yeah. he can stay healthy, he's going to be the guy on this offense that's got the most familiarity with Deshaun Watson, which I think could play to his advantage. So I think his ADP at the seventh round, that's I think that's comfortable enough to take him there. Oh yeah, that's definitely worth a shot on him. But I'm 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 all in Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's only had one season since he's come in where he yeah. hasn't been over 1,000 yards. So you think he's going to live up to that Albatross contract? Yes. I think he's a monster player. I mean, I know he's been bounced around from team to team, mm-hmm. but, I he's mean, pretty- one of the teams was the Patriots, and they hardly ever keep players right. that they know we're going to have to bring in a lot of money. So yeah. I'm not surprised that he wasn't there anymore. I just don't understand the logic, man. Like, you didn't want to pay DeAndre Hopkins. It probably would have cost him about this a little bit more, but you'll go pay Brandon Cooks. This well, not only that, but the David Johnson has a huge contract, too. Take on David and Johnson. they just took it all. Like, Yeah, and David Johnson's not going to have a good year either. I mean, look at his yards per carry. In 2018, it was 3.6 yards a carry, 3.7 in 2019, and he barely yeah. played. Like, I. I think, I think the one positive that you may be able to look at with David Johnson is there's really no other running bats there to compete with. That's true. Um, and I, O'Brien gave Hyde, I have down like 240, 245 carries in 2019. So the volume's there, possibly, if David Johnson can, you know. Yeah, but if he is, what were, what were his averages normally? It was 3.6 in 2018 and 3.7 in 2019. So you're, it's consistently been <laughs> Not very good. Yeah. It's behind a, what I would call a subpar offensive line because Sean Watson still has to run. So if off. he gets 245 carries at 3.6 yards carry, that's 882 yards. Ouch. Yeah. Now – Also have to take into consideration he's going to get a lot of passing yards in that offense because he's honestly one of their better weapons. But it's still not going to equal out to what he could potentially be. But going back to the topic of the year, I feel like he's glass. So yeah, he he's well. The only thing good about him is not last year, but the one year where he missed most of the season, it was a wrist. Yeah, like he injured his wrist. It wasn't anything to do with his legs. I'm not worried about that. Mm. But most most of his fantasy relevant years came because of his receiving work. Yep, that's true. He was never much of a a runner. And the Texans so far with Deshaun Watson. They have not targeted running backs hardly at all because Deshaun Watson is going to run around behind the line of scrimmage and wait for someone to get open up downfield. Exactly. Yep. I'm not saying that, you know, he won't ever get targets and they might scheme him certain things to be targeted. Mm-hmm. But it's not like back in Arizona where the play breaks down and he's just going to dump it off to the running back. Right. So – I think David Johnson has an all right year. I think he finishes as a lower end RB two. Yeah, I can see uh, that. I mean, you get eight hundred. You figure eight hundred eighty two yards. I mean, he gets two hundred forty, two hundred fifty carries, and he keeps the same yards per average. That's you know eight hundred yards. 
Yeah, where um, would you take him in the draft this year? David Johnson? I don't – I feel like nobody – I don't knows. think I'm going to. I don't think I would either, <clears> but uh, for our listeners, we should probably tell them where to take him if they want If to. I could get David Johnson for, let's say, um, I don't know, 10 bucks maybe. Mm. If, he, if he's fallen down enough to where I can get him at a value – and I think a value would be about $10. Right. But I just – I don't think he's going there. I'm pulling up his ADP right now. Yeah, in this Nate, too, it's just going to depend on who's left. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i in a keeper lead, so I'm banking on there not being a lot of running bats to choose from when the draft comes up. Yeah, see, that that's a problem, too. Yeah, and David Johnson does have some uh, perception quality to his game, too. So Right now, David Johnson is going at 307. In Snake. <clears throat> I don't know. I've just not been high on him. He's been very down the last two years. Yeah. That downward trend. Downward? <laughs> Is it be the trend of his career? He's hoping to change it with the Texans, but well, I don't see it happening. Bill O'Brien's a genius head coach, so. <laughs> I... <laughs> so smart. <laughs> let's see. Where's, let's see what this list says for his price. Yeah, right now he's going for 29 Well, Like I – like Ryan suggested, if there is a bunch of keepers that are running backs already off the board, you're going to have to pray, pay more for them mm-hmm. because, you know, yeah, cost and demand. Like, so supply and demand, that's the correct term. That's we got it, you. Know. We know what you bet. It's all right. Um, so, yeah, according to this one, it's about $29. Mm-hmm. I would just hope that I have better people around them. Like – Here's some people that are going around him. Todd Gurley's at 30. I think he has a better season. Uh, Lev Bell at 26. I think he might even have a better season. They've really ramped up their offense. They're really talking up, and they're saying he's, like, in the best shape of his life right now. I I know I say that every season, but I've watched some of his film and some of, like, his practices going on right now. He looks good, dude. Uh, I honestly believe that. I think Melvin Gordon has a decent year. I think he gets more (laughs) – I don't think he'll be much better, but I think he gets more rushing yards at least. So you're predicting everyone around him is going to have a better season than David Johnson? Not everyone, because they've also got Leonard Fournette here. Well, yeah, not him. Yeah, we'll get and, to uh, him. going to be good. <laughs> so there should be other options available around the time that you'll be seeing David Johnson that you could probably choose from. Yeah, that's that's the point. Like, I just don't feel that – yeah, I feel like there's much better options to spend your money on or save that money, maybe get someone a little bit lower that maybe not be as proven, but could ha- possibly have a higher upside. Right. Um, just looking real quick, like uh, DeAndre Swift, I think could, you know, if Detroit can get their running game going, he's probably going to be the main person there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, they got him at like 13 right now. And he's um, out there than carry on Johnson. I mean, Matt Breida, I mean, I think he's going to be the number one in the Dolphins' backfield. Yep. And that may not be great, but it could be if their offense takes a step forward. I mean, I know their defense is going to take a step forward, so that might keep them in games more often. Right. There's just – and, like, you're not getting, you know, Matt Breida seven bucks. So, you take him and hope for the upside and then spend that other money on a – a better running back that might still be available. Sounds like the smart play. Yeah. Um, 
I know we touched on Brandon Cooks a little bit. I do, like I said, I do really like him this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we touched on. Do you think anyone? How many wide receivers do you think will be either a top one, two, or three? Like a week-to-week fantasy relevant wide receiver on this team. Do you think there's anyone Man. outside of the top two? So I see, obviously, Brandon Cooks. I think Will Fuller's in for a good year. But, man, like, between, what is it, Randall Cobb and Kenny Stills, like, yeah. man, take a coin flip of that as a late-round flyer because I don't know who his favorite option is going to be there. I mean, he's got more familiarity with Stills. Yeah. But we just really don't know. And that's another problem I have. They brought in Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb's a slot guy. Like, that is yeah. his role. Yeah. And that's going to take away from David Johnson. Yeah. Yep. So, I just – This is a very shadowed offense. We don't know what's going to happen this yeah, year. Yeah, this one's really hard. To, maybe that's why I decided not to do my projections on this one and do another one. Because <laughs> you, you blocked it out of your mind. I blocked it out of my mind having to figure out where all these targets are going to go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – Yeah, I'm definitely not going to give Brandon Cooks, like, all 150 of De- DeAndre Hopkins' targets, but yeah. – I think he takes a good chunk. I think he could be over 100 targets. I could, I could see that. Yeah. No. All right, let's move on to the Tennessee. We're just the segment at the DeAndre Hopkins trade officially wouldn't even go through Madden when they tried putting it through. So Yeah. <laughs> if Madden won't accept your trade, it's Listen, not. I play a lot of Madden, and I try to get these top players, and you are never going to get DeAndre Hopkins unless you – like, I think I even tried three first-round picks one time, and it was like, nah, we don't want him. And it's like – But if you offer us David Johnson in a second – David Johnson in a second, though, look out. That is what we want. Incredible. I was doing a Madden League, and I didn't even think about it. I should have just trolled the guy who had DeAndre Hopkins and offered him a crap running back in a second-round pick just to, <laughs> just to mess around with him. <laughs> Opportunity missed. Maybe next year. Um, Maybe the next Bill O'Brien trade. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's yeah. still got Sean to trade. So. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I know uh, back when the Jaguars were like, Leonard Fournette's on the trade block. I'm like, oh, call Bill O'Brien. They might give you Deshaun Watson. They'll <laughs> <laughs> give you Gardner Minshew for him. It, would it shock anybody at this point? No. No. Everyone's like, oh, that's Bill O'Brien for you. <laughs> rest of the team. Original is, New England genius. Rest of the team in the league are all just got their head in their hands, just shaking their heads like, what are you doing? Can we – someone check on this man's mental health, please? <laughs> this is going to be the year they win the Super Bowl. There <laughs> <laughs> it goes. All this, all this talk about it. <laughs> Just going like 16 – first team to ever go 19-0 because we know the Patriots couldn't do it. <laughs> We're all going to have freaking mud on our face. No one will be happy with that Super Bowl. Not even the Texans fans. They'll be like, yeah, it's great we won the Super Bowl, but, like, can we just get rid of him, please? <laughs> can we fire him anyways? <clears throat> On behalf of this podcast show, we apologize to all Texans fans. <laughs> right, yeah. We feel for you. I am a Giants fan. We got rid of Odell. I mean, we got better return. 
but <laughs> yeah as a Jets fan I apologize we got rid of Jamal but we got two first round picks for yeah him. you got a better return if Johnson for him. we got we got value equal to the player <laughs> <laughs> you got David Johnson you got David Johnson in a second <laughs> all right we're moving on to the Tennessee Titans notable players uh Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Janu Smith. I'm big on Janu. I, I, like I don't him. think there's much outside of them. Mm-hmm. No. Who's the, who's the other wide receiver? <clears throat> Kurt, is that – no, Curtis Samuels with the Panthers. That's Corey Davis, is it? Corey yeah. Davis, yes. Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Yep. He broke out a little bit last year, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he really uh, – once they started having to shift the coverage over to A.J. Brown a little bit more yeah. – and obviously, when Tannehill came in, right, I feel like he he picked it up a little bit, so he might be able to have a slightly better year this year. They don't pass enough, though. I don't think they'll be fantasy. He'll be fantasy relevant any week or every week because of the low passing volume. Right. So with Ryan Tannehill last year, he was rated as the quarterback eighteen in fantasy football. Honestly, I don't have much confidence in him, and I think it was shown in his playoff run last year, we're in one game. He had a hundred yards passing. That's because this offense is going to be the Derrick Henry show. And I have yeah. no doubt about that. He finishes the 18, but mm-hmm. when he became the starter, yep. I want to say he was top five for fantasy football. If you take his from the week he started on, I mm-hmm. believe he was top five fantasy relevant or fantasy quarterback in fantasy football. Um, so you have a different feeling on him then? I think over a course of a full season where you will get all of the ups and downs because he was, he was super efficient. He was throwing a touchdown pass on like every, it was something ridiculous. It was at like a 10% rate or nine. I don't know. It was some, some crazy number where the average is like six. He was like five points above that or something like that. And he's not doing that again. And a lot of that was, you know, because A.J. Brown is just this monstrous man who would catch the ball, you know, juke or knock over every single person on the defense and then just run it for a touchdown. Right. And I feel A.J. Brown was rated as the 17th best wide receiver in fantasy football last year. I kind of feel confident in him in that same spot. I don't think he's going to go much up or down from that role as last year because they're going to be shifting coverage for over him the entire season. Well, not only that, but again, the passing volume is just not going to be there. I think they threw the ball like 480 times or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going to have a lot of pass volume. And with it not being as efficient as it was last year, they might take up the pass volume a little bit because I doubt they want Derrick Henry touching the ball 400 times again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it'll be a super large uptick up. I'm bringing it up right now as to how many passing attempts. They had 448 passing attempts last year. Yep. Um, Ryan, you know, take on Tannehill? Well, so the one the one thing concern I'd have when it comes to Tannehill is, you know, his reliability week to week. So I, I found this interesting stat that was um how much worse he is on the road compared to home games. Um he averaged like there's on on average like 10 points less if he was on the road versus when he was at a home game. So, you know, so half those games you can probably expect him to do somewhat significantly worse than what he'd be doing at home. 
So you will have that, you know, kind of roller coaster week to week. And then I don't know how much of an impact it will be, but I'm pretty sure they lost their starting right tackle this offseason too, right? Jack they, Conklin. Conklin, Jack Conklin yeah. lost him. Um, so that, that could play an impact as well as how their offensive game plan goes. Yeah. So you're here to hear, boys, when he's playing in Nashville, play him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think they open it up, the offense, a little bit more for him. Like I said, 448 attempts. I do think that comes up. They just paid him. True. Um, and, again, they're not – and people know what they want to do. They want to run the ball with Derrick Henry. So, people are going to stack the boxes against them. So, they're going to want to go out there and show that Tannehill is good enough to make you have to be honest. Like – I mean, you still got to respect the passing game. They're right. trying to make sure that defenses still respect that aspect of their offense. So, I yeah. do think they come out and throw a little bit more – I'll probably put him up closer to about the the 480, 480 pass attempts rather than the 440. That's a good um, number for him. Yeah. I, you know, they'll probably not, you know, if they're winning the games, they're running the ball. Right. Like you said, in the playoffs, there was a couple times where he only threw seven or eight passes. Well, that's because that's all they needed to throw because Derrick Henry was just pummeling them. Yeah. So uh-huh. – I'm just afraid that pattern is going to fall into this year. Um, I do see him more having a late-end QB2 value, but I think you have a little bit more of a higher opinion on him. Uh, where do you see his like floor-to-ceiling ratio? Uh, his ceiling is top 10. Okay. I do believe he is good enough, if he had to carry this team, that he could be in the top 10. I think he's got good enough weapons. The offensive line – We'll take a little bit of a step back, but it's not hor- It's not awful. No, there's not still like some the, talent there, regardless yeah, of the It's not like the Giants' offensive line. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's got talent. Even when he was with the Dolphins under Adam Gase, he still had really good years. Like, his rookie – or his first three years were on par with Peyton Manning's. So, yeah. he's got the talent. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are – in their mind bogged down by his days in Miami, but he was with Adam Gase, oh, who is oh, horrible at making any kind of fantasy production for anybody. Right. Outside of his slot receivers. Outside of his slot receiver, right. <laughs> Jamison Crowder, people. Um, so I do feel like he's better than some people give him credit for mm-hmm. because of the situations he's been in. So, his floor, like you said, it'll probably be low-end RB2. I think he finishes high RB2, but he's going to give you weeks in there. And you make QB2, right? What did I say? RB. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great show. This is. Yeah, QB2. And uh, I do think there's weeks where he'll get you – QB1 points. So if you're playing the streaming game, you know, if he's going up against a team where he's going to have to throw a lot. And he's at home. I mean, he and he's at home. home. <laughs> you know, in his living room, just chucking the ball around. In the backyard, just. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's, yeah, I think there's weeks he could give you the quarterback one production. <laughs> 
And then, as Joe mentioned, you know, with the increase in passes and stuff like that, Johnu Smith is worth a, you know, a late round tight end look. I think I am, based on his pure athleticism, man, because he likes to jump up and grab the ball. I am also in on John o. Smith. I will be – if I can get him in, – in one of my auction leagues, I was able to get George Kittle for – it was 3 or $5. Mm-hmm. And it's a keeper league, so I've had him for the past couple of years. Oh, my gosh. That's good. Yeah. And I got him – I got him like the – what was the year he broke out? Was it – last year was his first – or not – not the 2019 season, 2018 season. Yeah. yeah. It was like his first real good season because that's the year I drafted him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of have to look at the season before and like how his everything was trending up with him. Yeah. So I think John U. Smith might be that guy. I think next year we could be possibly talking about him as the tight end three right behind Kittle and Kelsey. I think there's potential there for that. Yeah. So, I mean, and you should be – I mean, I know he's going in snake draft mock drafts. He's going really late. And you should be able to get him pretty cheap in an auction draft. I think he's I mean, someone you want to stash later. Yeah, it's someone you're going to want to take a shot on. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you mentioned, going late, I think to casual fantasy players and stuff, he's probably pretty under the radar. You know, I think, I yeah. think a lot of people are going to miss him. And I know right now because of – you know, these average draft positions, I know they start working on them, like, right away after the season actually ends. That was my house. You probably heard it. They're here for you. Yeah, they're coming to get me. They knocked um, before. My house is, like, right on the road. Like, you can hear everything. It's ridiculous. Um, What were we talking about? I'm gone now. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Quality content today, folks. John U. Smith. No one's, no one's listening to this podcast after this episode. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, the average draft position. So, they work on these, like, right at the beginning of the offseason. You know, people start doing mock drafts, but it's more the, like, professional people that are yeah. doing the mock drafts. So, you know, the ADP will be different when the casual players get in there. Like, right. it may tank his ADP. But it can't take much more right now. His ADP is at 13-12, the end of the 13th round. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's incredible value for John o. Smith for a guy that you can definitely take a shot on. Yeah. All oh, right. It is Mr. Sprinkles from Washington. Yeah, Mr. Sprinkles. <laughs> Don't take that advice. Don't take Sprinkles. No. <laughs> um, all right. Who we got? A.J. Brown. What are we thinking about him? I think right at the same value, about an ADP like of 17. I think that's a very good value for him because I think he's going to get a lot more attention this year. He may more draw more double coverages, but I think he's got enough talent and potential to still bring down a good amount of targets in that offense. I think you're going to see, like I said, Janu with a lot more targets. They also have a third-round running back who I believe they're going to bring in on passing downs, uh, DeAndre Evans, <clears throat> um, who will – I don't think they'll want to take Derrick Henry out the field a lot, but when they are in passing situations, they'll bring him in once in a while. He'll take some of those carries away and their number two receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think the only people that will really have any serious fantasy relevance this year will be Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and John U. Smith. I don't believe there's anybody else that you'll really be able to confidently put out there in most weeks. 
folks, Derrick Henry show. Essentially, yeah. Um, All right, we can move on. Next, we will talk about the Indianapolis Colts. This is an interesting team. I think they win the division this year. I would not be shocked. I honestly wouldn't. They've got the best offensive line in football. Mm -hmm. Phillip Rivers is still a good quarterback. Like, a lot of people look at last year, Mm -hmm. but he had a bad offensive line last year. And he's not a scrambler. Dude, Quentin Nelson on that offensive line is just a mammoth of a man, and he is a beast. I love him. I almost wanted the Giants to take him instead of Saquon Barkley that year. Yeah, you couldn't have gone wrong with that pick, man. No. Like, he's just – Like, don't get me wrong. Saquon is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at, like, the life of a player. Yeah. Running backs are good for six, seven, seven years. Yeah. Linemen stay in the league for, like, 14, 15. And they never really have significant fall-off of their skills. No, they don't. No. So, I was like, we can get this – Really good offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And, like, looking back now, we could have took linemen then. And then the following year, maybe we wouldn't have taken Danny Dimes at six and we could have taken Josh Allen. Yeah. And then this, DeAndre Swift this year. And, yeah. And then, we, and then, you know, there was a few good running backs this year. Or if we were still somehow finishing towards the bottom, there was some good quarterbacks this year. But we all can dream, huh? Yeah. That's not what happened. We <laughs> took Saquon, Danny Dimes, mm-hmm. a couple other people in the first round in that draft. Yep. So, personally with Phillip Rivers, though, like, I've always had a fantasy affinity with him and kind of a fantasy crush on him because he's one of those quarterbacks I like to take in the mid-tier rounds. I didn't last year, but in previous years because he would typically put up similar numbers to the top ten quarterbacks in the league. And with him going into a system he's familiar with, with Frank Wright, who he's played with before, and going behind what I think is a top three offensive line this year, he was a QB 23 last year. He's going to significantly take a jump from that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think he's going to be a very good value mid-round pick. (laughs) Talking, you know, somewhere in the value between quarterback uh, 15 to 20. Yeah. Um, And he's got weapons. Could be even higher. And then, you know, off of that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And, you know, Phillip Rivers, too, uh, you know, he has a tendency to target running bats and tight ends, which I think opens up, you know, it might make Doyle an interesting choice and PPR leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just their strength of schedule is worth noting, too, that, like, you, I mean, puts them in a good spot to have a really good record this year. Yeah. Um, who do you think starts for – who do you think's the running back? Is it going to be Marlon Mack or is it going to be Jonathan Taylor? So I think that Marlon Mack's going to start the year off as a running back, but I think about eight games in is where you're going to see the second round pick Jonathan Taylor take the starting spot with him. And by the end of the year, we'll see about split carries. So the head coach just put out a statement that said they are going to ride the hot hand. They said Marlon Mack is our starter, but we will ride the hot hand. Jonathan Taylor is going to be that hot hand. I have no doubt in my mind that Marlon Mack will start. Fantasy owners. Right, but you put you put Jonathan Taylor behind that fuck or that offensive line, so close. <laughs> you didn't do it. Almost. Uh, you put Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line. He's going to take that job. Yeah, he will. Like yeah. he is an amazing runner. Mm-hmm. 
it it just depends, you know, how long before, you know, he's recognized as having the hot hand and they have him, you know, how many weeks before they give him kind of the majority of the carries. Yeah, I don't think it's long. You three see it happen pretty quick? I, I'm thinking at least – I'm thinking minimal three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it'll be long, and it'll be the Jonathan Taylor show. I – I'm moving on to their wide receiver position, which I think is pretty interesting, too. I think T.Y. Hilton's kind of in the downslide of his career. I think you get a pretty solid numbers with Phillip Rivers this year, but I'm kind of interested in who's going to end up taking the wide receiver two spot for it. Um, I think it's going to be between, you know, Paris Campbell and Pittman, who they draft in the second round. I, I think the advantage goes to Paris Campbell having more experience in this offense and Pittman obviously being a rookie. But Pittman is an interesting – guy you could draft late because I think he's got a lot of upside because there's not a lot of other people for them to throw around in this offense. And Phillip Rivers had a tendency younger in his career to throw for over 4,000 yards. And I can see him doing that in this offense. So I think there's a little bit of relevance for everyone this year. Yeah. Not only that, but Michael Pittman is the type of wide receiver that Phillip Rivers likes big bodied down the field, going to jump up and get him. Exactly. And T Y Hilton, like you said, he's on the downslope of his career. He's getting older. He struggles with some injuries. Generally, they're not like, oh, I'm missing a bunch of game injuries, mm-hmm. but they're taking him off the field more frequently type injuries. He's 30 years old now, and it, these injuries kind of make him disappear during games. There's yeah. games. He'll have over 100 yards, and he looks fantastic, and you're seeing him on the highlight reels on Sunday, and other weeks you don't even hear his name. Right, so I think that gives Pittman more chances to be on the field. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say he he may break the mold for the untypical rookie. He may actually have some production this year. Right. Yeah, I I, I agree. It probably won't come until like yeah. the second half because that's mostly how these things happen. Yeah. But your value with him will be in the second half of the year. Yeah, I did definitely. The potential AJ Brown of this year. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of them too, though, because this this wide receiver class was so deep, and you know mm-hmm. most of them went to a decent situation. Yes. Yeah. So, we'll see. I wanted to touch on something Ryan said about Jack Doyle too. Who, um, he's always been that late round flyer. With so with Ebron leaving, Jack Doyle moves back into the one tight end position here. Obviously, um, Rivers has always had a tendency in his past, whether it be Henry or Antonio Gates, to always throw to the tight end. So there's going to be a lot of PPR value for Jack Doyle, who shows a tendency to be able to catch the ball in this passing offense. So if he gets into a rhythm with him early, he could have a top 10 tight end year. I mean, yeah, he's got the upside for it. I don't know if I – it's so easy to finish in the top 10 when it comes to tight end. Yeah. Like the difference – the difference most time is like one touchdown. Right. That pretty much anybody at any point could finish in the top 10. It's almost to the point where now you don't want a top 10 tight end. You need like – you need like the top five tight end to actually have – uh, an advantage in the mm-hmm. tight end position, but your volumes of targets he's going to get. I feel like he's going to get yeah. a lot more than other tight ends. Yeah, he very well could. Yep. Um, yeah, I he definitely could have. He has the upside, and like again with this offensive line, Philip Rivers likes the tight ends. Mm-hmm. I do think that you know the passing volume of this offense will be on the lower side. They've got two really good running backs, and they're going to want to use them and, you know, control the game. I think you're going to see a very balanced offense. Yeah. Yeah, and I – yeah, I agree. 
and a, a balanced offense will bring you down to about probably around the 480 to 520 uh, pass attempts. So um, anybody else for the Colts? I don't think so. No, I think we've covered their uh, offense pretty well. And I think that means we're on to the bottom feeders of the division. Yeah, and they're probably going to be the bottom feeders of the league this year too. Um, I will let you guys go ahead and, you know, talk about the Jaguars a little bit and see what you guys got for your takes. All right, so with the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, this is a team where you're going to want to avoid their running back position because they brought in Chris Thompson, who is going to be brought in on third down situations, I think. So that's going to be taken away from the viability of uh, Leonard Fournette, who's going to be their first and second down back. But, I mean, Leonard Fournette didn't have great numbers last year, and he had a down year. And bringing in Chris Thompson, I think, is going to make it a situation they're going to want to avoid. Yeah, I would just avoid their backfield completely. I don't see Fournette having a bounce-back year. Um, I think he's going to have a significantly less workload with Chris Thompson, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, you know, looking at wide receivers, I think DJ Chark may be worth a look. Um, you know, first top 10 wide receiver in the first half of the season. Yeah, so DJ Chark, I think, is kind of actually that dark horse value pick you get later in the rounds because when Gardner Minshew started playing with him is when he got that top 10 value. Yeah. Which I think could be pretty interesting. So he um, could definitely exceed where he is among his fantasy relevance. Um, so how do you feel about Leonard, Leonard Fournette? Um, I, I wouldn't take him. I don't think he's going to be doing anything. I think some of the only players I'd even look at on this Jaguars team would possibly be DJ Chark. And then, you know, Gardner Minshew, he had some flashes of, of good playing. Um, he also had, had a rushing upside. I think he rushed for like 400 yards last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does have that capability as well. Mm-hmm. So Gardner Minshew right now was uh, a decent streaming option because of that rushing upside, I think, which could make him a decent backup in leagues. Uh, Ron, how do you feel about that? Yeah, um... Minshew is interesting to me. Uh, I know a lot of people are projecting the Jaguars to finish at the bottom of the league Mm -hmm. and taking that Trevor Lawrence that's going to be coming out of the college next year. Tanking for Lawrence. Yeah, that's kind of what they're feeling like, but I think Gardner Minshew deserves a little bit of respect for what he did. Like. you saw the talent last year, and there was games where they would – Jacksonville wasn't very relevant, so you didn't see him on TV a lot, but they would go into games at the end of the end of the games last year, and you would see him where he was in position for them to win them. At yeah. Least. Well, and, too, I don't know, you know how much it's worth talking, but if this team's not going to be very good next year, you got to look at, like, garbage time options, too. I mean, does Minshew have the ability, <laughs> you know, when, when the games, you know – away from them, do that. Do the other teams just let them complete passes? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. During yeah. that time frame, which to rack up the fantasy points as well. And like well, you were saying, he's got the, he's got the rushing baseline. Like, yeah, he had, you know, he's got wheels. Like, he can move. As Ryan said, it was, he rushed for 400 yards last year. Yeah, I mean, put that in perspective. Kyler Murray, Murray? Kyler Murray rushed for, you know, a little over 500. Like, Gardner Minshew wasn't much worse than Tyler Murray and played less games than Tyler Murray. Right. So, I honestly, I don't see them finishing in the bottom of the league. 
I don't see them getting the number one pick. I think that – Yes, right now, who do you think is going to get it? Ah, that's hard. <laughs> I'm not looking at all the teams right now either. Um, I mean, they're definitely in contention for it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chargers will probably be buoyed by a good defense. Um, the D.C. Sprinkles. I, I honestly think that's the one that's going to – who's going to have the number one pick? The Washington football team. No, the D.C. Sprinkles. Yeah, it's the D.C. Sprinkles. You you don't know. They already have that name. We gave it to them. Yes. We're getting royalties for it. Yeah. So much royalties. (laughs) My my bank account just goes up all the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're definitely in contention, but, you know, they could do it. The Dolphins can do it. Mm -hmm. The Giants could do it. (laughs) The the Giants' defense is awful. Like, I mean, I think the Giants are going to consistently put up between 20 and 30 points, but they're going to be allowing 40 points. So, well, and while we're on the subject, too, I mean, I don't know if we've, we haven't talked about it in podcasts I've been in, but um, what about defenses for this year? Are there any, you know, pretty fantasy relevant defenses you think that need to be considered to? I mean, I know they're not drafted till more towards the end anyway, but. So- so the top ones from last year, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think New England was up New there. New England was the top one. They're probably going to take a little bit of a drop because some of their players left, but I think they're still going to be pretty high up there. The Bills were a top one. Um, there was the 49ers and the Ravens. I think those are probably going to be your top four still. Your difference I'm, makers yeah. for defense. I did see that. Um, I don't yeah. see the Giants being on that list. No, I don't. <laughs> and, you know, I go into every year – and I was always one of those super optimist people. Mm-hmm. Like even last year, I'm like, yeah, we have a lot of young talent. Yeah. But we have a lot of young talent that are coming back for their second year. Like, they could make the jump. They could be, right. you know, something. You saw that with the 49ers, too, when they went from the number two overall pick the year previous, and then they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Garoppolo came back. I just – I don't – it's not going to happen. <laughs> so for all you dreamers out there and all you Giants fans, sorry, this ain't sorry. Our offense is going to be good, though. I think top. 15. I, I really think we'll have a top fifteen offense. We have the pieces. But we digress. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, back oh, yeah, that. but they're so boring to talk about, dude. There's one guy that while well, you were away, we didn't talk about that. I much. wasn't away. It's a podcast <laughs> secret. DJ Chark, how do you? I wasn't feel? ordering pizza. Um, uh, I like DJ Chark. I think uh, he played really well last year. I think he continues that rate along this year. He's not going to have the who's starting at quarterback this week. Right. Like there was last year. It's going to be Gardner Minshew. They're going to live or die with Gardner Minshew this year. Minshew mania is back. Minshew mania. And that mustache, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he is a cure to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Me. He's going he's gonna to be up there with, like, the uh, – for football people, he'll be right up there with, like, the Chuck Norris things. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he had the memes last year. Yeah. The yeah. mainstream memes were the best. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I think there are exactly two fantasy-relevant people in this offense, and that is – Leonard Fournette and DJ Chark. So you hear, you heard it here, folks. The Jacksonville Jaguars, not a lot of fantasy relevance, but and then, it's high. 
Min- Minshew will be a good streaming option. Yes. But not someone you're going to want in there every week. I don't, I don't think he's going to go up against one of these better defenses and just have a great game. He might have a decent game. Do you guys get the feeling that he's going to have that kind of Ryan Fitzpatrick career where he's going to bounce around the league just every the, once in a while? And put now up- that you mention it, yeah. Because I was going to say earlier, like last year, he cemented he's going to have a job in the yeah. NFL. He, he's going to be the journeyman. Yeah, people are going to look at last year, and, you know, he's going to play well this year. I really, I really believe he will. Yep. So people are going to look at that, and he's going to have a job in the NFL for plenty of years. I mean, look at Sam Bradford, who could never play a full season and was still getting, like, $16 million contracts yep. just because when he did play, he looked amazing. Yep. So people were still like, yeah, we'll give you $16 million for this year. He played two games and get out for the year. So I, I do believe – He's coming to the Giants in a year or two. <laughs> that's implying that Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback, and I just – No, not necessarily. I'm just saying maybe they want to push him with a great Ryan Fitzpatrick mold backup. Look at – I'd be more worried about Sam Darnold than that Adam Gase offense, man. Adam Gase never know when he's going to go smooching around again and get some more mono. No, it's okay. We have Joe Flacco now. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who got replaced by Drew Locke last year. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else. Who's even the tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Does anybody even know? I don't even. That's a no. Nobody even knows. No. No. I mean. (laughs) Hold on, folks. Yeah. We're going to get an answer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we named, like, the three people that I can even think of on the Jaguars that are notable. Well, I know they've got other wide receivers, but, like. Yeah, I mean, there's D.D. There's D.D. Westbrook there. But, yeah. But he's not fantasy relevant. And they got that Con- Chris Conley, I think, is there, too. Well, they got Tyler Eifert, but he's injury prone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they went and got Tyler yeah, Eifert. Just, just stay away from this. This yeah, is not a good idea. I mean, they have an interesting second-round wide receiver they brought in, but once again, this is a rookie. You can't ever really feel too confident about rookies. Uh, LaVisca Chanel. Yeah. So he's, you know, maybe interesting in a year or two. This is just a young team that needs seasoning and isn't very fantasy relevant right now. The only good thing about the passing options in this uh, team is that because of their defense, mm-hmm. they are going to have to throw the ball a bunch. That's like, true. They're not going to be able to stay in games by running the ball because it's just not going to work out for them. Right. They're going to have to throw the ball. They'll try to run the ball, and Leonard Fournette's really good at running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he takes a step back this year because he's not going to get the receiving work. They brought in mm-hmm. uh, Chris Thompson for that. Right. He's going to be the third down back option when they're backed up needing seven, eight yards and – Leonard Fournette is going to be the first and second now running back. Right. Oh, man. That's the equivalence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Packers nose tackle Kenny Clark agrees to four-year, $70 million extension. Whoa. Whoa. Just popped up on my screen. You hear that breaking news, guys? Yeah. Breaking news. Live and on the go. (laughs) Well, this was a Saturday morning. This was – an interesting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when everyone wakes up 
right before we're doing it. Not on the same page as Envision we're doing it either. Right, yeah. <laughs> when I don't even know what we're talking about apparently on the show. <laughs> I'm glad my three hours of work yesterday just went for nothing. That's right. This is the everyday regular man's podcast. Yeah, that's right. But we will win you your fantasy championship. Well, naturally. Right. We just we have all of the knowledge in the world. <laughs> like between us, we know everything. There's no someone, someone could ask us something right now, but they can't, so they'll never know if we're telling the truth or not. That's right. Maybe someday we'll have some phone in lines, just not now. No, yeah. <laughs> People can call us and tell us we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst advice I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't care if people tell me I'm an idiot. It's all right to be wrong. Mm-hmm. That means they're listening. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they going to be able to find out I'm an idiot in one episode? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> when they see that we re- researched the AFC West, but we're talking about this. Oh, man, when it gets to the AFC West <laughs> episode, we're going to have so much done. It's going to be straight fire. You're going to have all the projections again. Oh, my goodness. All right. We're getting out of here. Thanks for listening if you've made it this long. (laughs) Um, At least we had fun this one. We had fun. That's what we did. It's Saturday. Don't judge us too harshly. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening to How Seymour Season, a fantasy football podcast. We're getting out of here before I mess anything else up. Have a wonderful day. Like this, share this, download this. You know, tell your family, tell your dog, he might want to know things. <laughs> or she, any, you know, any gender of a dog, it's fine. Enjoy this train wreck, boom. Yes.